Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching and welcome to an all new series, friends. This series is called The Best Thing I Ever Taught. And we are excited to bring you four episodes of different categories that are just like the best things ever. Right, Amanda? Like ever? And this thought came to me after watching this show (laughs) on uh, Food Network, The Best Thing I Ever Ate. And it's like just such a fun, I don't know, I love watching it because there are so few chances that we really indulge in either ordering the most ridiculous thing on the menu or even like doing the lessons or the activities that are just the best. So we thought we would have a very indulgent, decadent couple of weeks here in terms of talking about education. Well, and I mean, we talk about it all the time here on the podcast and in our individual channels and just like on the phone together that like find the places that bring you joy in your every day. But especially if you're an educator, oh my gosh, like hang on to those moments of joy. And so these best things I ever taught that we are going to be sharing with all of you are things that bring us joy, things that we've seen huge returns, like great ROI basically for our students and everywhere in between. And we are really excited. This week, we're going to be talking about gateway activities, the opener to a unit, the opener normally to a unit, to a year, to a lesson, just that hook, got them, and then let's move forward. Not to be confused with if you've seen the episode of Schitt's Creek when they're going to the gateway, which is yes. Essentially a cult, but Alexis figures that out like a little bit too late. And it's just, they have to get out of there fast. We're not, we're not cycling to a cultish 
haven together. No, this is not that type of an activity. That would be a whole nother podcast. (laughs) I was doing PD last week and we were talking about gateways and we did have this conversation about how gateway is just like not maybe the best term moving forward. And we need a new one, I think, because it's just not great. (laughs) And what's funny is I never called it a gateway until you. Yeah, like, that's always been what we've used pedagogically over here in the Midwest. And now I kind of can't think, kind of can't think back to what I called it before. Was there a time before, Amanda? I think oh my not. Word, I doubt it. No. I think not. Okay. You know what? Let's dive in. But first, let's cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Alrighty, friends. So we have definitely talked on this podcast many times about different gateway activities, what we think about them, why we like them, and even like we've got a few bonuses in our different products, our different festivals and workshops, a whole entire part of Curriculum Rehab, our flagship course is about finding an appropriate and just amazing gateway activity to set you up right. It has everything to do with essential questions. It has everything to do with an inquiry-based curriculum design, which is everything thing that we do here at Brave New Teaching. And so we have a few that we've mentioned before that we just want to like gloss over and then we're going to each dig into one that we just love. Yeah. And I'll just do like the the very brief like step back, like why it's worth it. If yes. you have not, you know, made time in your planning time to really carve out a single class period or maybe a period and a half to start your unit in a way that really piques curiosity on that essential question, then you might be missing an opportunity. That's that's really what we're here to talk about is the gateway's purpose is to establish and stir all of those lingering burning questions and opinions and getting the chatter going about the essential question. And they might not even be lingering, right? They, no. Like they, we want to also poke a little bit at our students to, to provoke questions that they otherwise never would have thought of. So like Amanda's kind of getting at this, a gateway activity is the day or the activity at the very beginning of a unit of study that piques student interest, introduces them to the topics being covered and helps them start to grapple with the essential question. And that is the key essential question. You know, I really tried to delineate this last week. Again, this came up quite a bit. You know, teachers were asking questions like, well, how much do you spend on background knowledge of the book? And how much do you spend on percolating right around the essential question? And for me, and just my experience with inquiry-based design, if we're talking about prioritizing the question and decentering the text, then the gateway and the question far outweigh building background knowledge and context. And that's not to say that we shouldn't do that. Um, But sometimes we get a little bit heavy on that before we get started. And one of my things I always coach people to think about is, do you need to build all the background knowledge before day one? Or can you build background knowledge as it's contextually relevant as you're going through the unit. So that to me has always been a little bit stronger in terms of students being able to transfer 
So we'll, we'll spend like one or two days on the gateway, maybe one and a half or one day on some like really important background knowledge that's absolutely necessary before getting into the novel. And then any of those other things that I really wanted to do, I'll just kind of string them into the unit in other weeks. So remember that you don't have to do everything before you start reading. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I've done the same thing. Like I've, I've definitely been the teacher who stood in front of my class and said, okay, we're going to read Les Mis. <laughs> Let's talk about... Here's the, three weeks about France. The entire history of France, right? Like, And like the French government. Go. Good. Because that's how I learned and that's that's yeah. how I was taught to teach. And so like no shade. No. It's just I found myself then being like, I don't really have anything else to talk. Like all we have now is the book because the book was the center. The text was the center of everything. And so bringing in other topics, it always kept coming back to being a history class or like a review course. And so that is another like kind of shout out to inquiry based design where the focus is on the topic. The focus is on the question and questions that branch from it. And the text, again, is just a vehicle for exploring that question, a vehicle for critical thinking, a vehicle for all of the things that we want our students doing instead of knowing. I think, yeah, and, and all, yeah, and all I, I wanted to remind us of in this conversation too is it's also a little bit about pacing, like very practically speaking. Yeah. Speaking from experience, like I've gotten to a place where I've done so much building background knowledge that I wake up one morning and I'm like, we haven't started the book and we're already two weeks into the unit. What was I thinking? We haven't started the book and I'm already (laughs) sick of it. Yeah. You're like, God, I just don't feel like, like Jean Valjean, I got it. That's one you got to kind of like live through. And (laughs) we're just giving you permission to just, you can stagger that stuff and kids will most likely it'll be more relevant when it's side by side in the moments where it's actually happening. Well, you think about the experience of a reader, right? Like, because we are specifically talking about text based units, like the experience of a reader is not that I'm going to remember everything that I already know about the book before I read the book. It's that I'm going to be asking questions and figuring things out and filling in context and doing all that as I go. We do that when we read new texts, but it's easy to lose sight of that action and that like trajectory when we as the teachers are coming from a completely different perspective. So yeah, that was our really quick, I'm using, I'm using air quotes. That was our really quick overview of gateway activities, the why behind them, the how that we use them. And we've got a lot of different types of gateway activities. They can be full-blown classroom transformations, like a whole thing, which both of us get really nerdy about and like love. And it can also be very simple, right? And you and you could take something and change the way that, yes. So like one of our most simple gateway activities that we actually created as a team of Brave New Teaching, and we have as a part of both of our Shakespeare workshops, actually it's a free download. If you go to the, <laughs> you can get it right now, even if you don't have the Shakespeare workshop. Yeah. Just go to the show notes and you can get the download. It's flat Shakespeare. If you have no idea what we're talking about, we will also link a couple of episodes where we've talked about little flat Willie, um, William Shakespeare. Don't get any full name, please. Stop getting all of those nasty ideas, listeners. Uh, (laughs) Flash Shakespeare is like it has endless possibilities, but it's a take on Flat Stanley, the book from when our kids were growing up. When we, I don't think it was around when we were growing up, but and kids, students get to take Flat Shakespeare around. They get to color him, make him however he's going to look. You give them challenges. You can give them different activities. They can just have him be their like little friend. And it's a fun entry into a Shakespeare unit. 
It's easy. Like one of the things I've used with with an essential question with Shakespeare is I've kind of come up with scenarios of would you do like this or that based on the scenario? And the kids have to hold up their Shakespeare when I, you know, like to identify with the scenario. So he yeah. becomes like on a popsicle stick, like, you know, how they're raising their hand. So like, he's the manipulative, your activity can be a thousand things like Marie said. And yes. when you, if you download him, we'll also email you so many ideas. A list of ideas. He's a community builder. I mean, really William Shakespeare is one for the people. Okay. Another, do you want to talk about Claudia with a chance of meatballs? I like when you explain it. You do it better yeah, than I do. So- the one that we have is a specific example of a generally broad and brilliant idea. And that is to use a picture book to introduce your essential question or your essential question themes to your students. So um, if you are well-versed in picture books, you'll have no problem with this. If you've got some kids at home, if you don't, just Google it. I know we talk a lot about our friend, Dr. Jenna Copper. I know she's got a couple of good blog yes. posts about picture books um, that you can use as gateway activities. We like to use Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs as a gateway picture book for our dystopia units in that, number one, it's a gateway activity that's very unassuming. Students come to class and all of a sudden they're they're not doing what's normal They're doing something completely out of the ordinary, which is gathering on your little carpet and sitting down for story time. And we read the picture book to the students. Sometimes I'll read it without any context, any directions. We're just going to have reading time. And then the process and how we transition into the essential question is a series of questions that make them reflect on the nature of how this world works and how in theory, right, it's this perfect place. It's very utopian. But in reality, the driving force of the weather is really problematic and deadly. And the only reason these people are able to escape is that they have the wherewithal and the finances to evacuate, essentially. And so it's really fun to kind of see the students look at this book from an adult point of view mm-hmm. and a dystopian point of view. And it's just a great, like I said, un- they're unassuming at the beginning. And by the end, they're like, oh, there was... <laughs> Would you look at that? There was yes. something there. And it's memorable. You know, that's another key part of that gateway activity is having something memorable, whether it's, you know, silly and dumb or really, you know, meaningful and profound. That's kind of the beauty of a picture book is you kind of turn things around that way. Yes. And this entire lesson that Amanda's describing using Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is also something that you can download for free. We ha- we're going to have, this going to be a lengthy show notes kind of an episode because we have a lot of resources for you that you can take and, you know, alter and, and make what you need them to be. Another download that we will have for you in the show notes is, you've heard us talk about it a lot, actually very recently on the podcast. Podcast. It's our My 73 activity that we use as a gateway into a memoir, uh, biography, et cetera, unit where students are doing a lot of reflection, they're interacting with each other, and it's getting them ready to look into memoirs and biographies about real people, and then maybe even do some writing about themselves, et cetera. That we talked a lot about in our uh, memoir and biography workshop, but we do have that activity just for you for free. Check out the show notes. A couple others that we've talked about in past workshops and in past episodes are like my Hamlet murder mystery party, that activity where I I will just link the episode so that we're not spending this whole episode retelling you things, but basically students come in and they have to solve the mystery of who murdered King Hamlet at the beginning of the play 
Hamlet. That is part of one of our Shakespeare workshops. Amanda's got a whole cool hoax letter activity that she describes as a part of her dystopia unit. We will link all of this stuff. Even something as simple as stations. Like stations, I feel like got really big as a really popular activity or like learning strategy a few years ago. And they kind of tapered off when students couldn't be closer than six feet to each other for a while. And then it starts to, I don't know, I haven't done a whole ton of stations in my classroom since coming back from COVID quarantine, just because many reasons, right? But stations are something that you could bring back in a simple form where there's only three stations or, you know, like blow it up, make it stations all around the school or something like that. Um, You have another one called Guess the Voice. That one is inside our teaching memoir um, workshop. We, I talked about it a few episodes ago where it's, as we're starting the mem- memoir unit, I put pictures of celebrities at the front wall and then I have excerpts from all their memoirs around the room and the kids oh, have yes, to Yes, yes. I forgot the title of that. Do. Yes. Yeah. That's, and that's inside there, but I mean, that's easy to recreate if that's something that you're using. It's, it's pretty fun. this interruption listeners we have something that we want to tell you about it is just about november it is about that time of year where you start thinking about gratitude maybe gift giving maybe the different things in your life that give you the warm fuzzies and wouldn't it be great to get your students thinking that way too We have always heard requests from our listeners that we need help with things that help us get us through the day-to-day, things like bell work. So what we did was pair together a seasonal demand with something that you can actually practically use. We have got gratitude-themed bell ringers all queued up and ready for you to use. Absolutely. We have three full weeks. Those three full weeks that you're teaching in November would be perfect, but truly you can use this any time of the year. Every single day of the week, we have bell ringers for you that are different types of prompts that get students thinking about things that they are grateful for, things that they have to look forward to, and other sorts of just overall positive things to start getting at that social emotional learning aspect without being super over the top. It's very organic and they are ready built for you. The slide deck is all built in Google Slides, ready for you to use and customize as needed. We want you guys to head right now to our show notes or head simply to www.curriculumrehab.com slash gratitude, and you'll have those bell ringers in your hands in no time. So again, either head to the show notes for this episode or to curriculumrehab.com slash gratitude, sign up totally free. It's ready student facing just for you. All right, let's get back into the show. So those are some of the gateway activities you've heard from us thus far in the Brave New Teaching Universe. And now we have a couple others that we are excited to share that we just haven't shared before. Or like I have one that's brand new that I'm going to be doing for the first time in like four days with my students as the second quarter starts. So do you want to talk about yours first? Sure. I can talk about the best gateway activity I ever ate, had, did, taught, taught whatever it was. Danced Uh, on. So let me start with the essential question. So the essential question for this particular unit was, is the American dream more likely to inspire or destroy us? I love that question so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I cannot thank, uh, I I have to thank the people of the social media that helped me. I, I had drafts of it for a long time. I was posting in my stories and people were giving feedback and we were voting. And, and it really is amazing to use your friends of the internet to help you with stuff 
like this. Um, sometimes it's too many opinions, but in this case, it was very helpful. So yeah. <laughs> is the American dream more likely to inspire or destroy us? And it was for a novel unit that did center um, primarily the great Gatsby, but then also some other things. Um, and in this case, I would say that Gatsby did take a little bit more center stage than other things only because the assessment was a literary analysis. So other things about, you know, curriculum rehab, we talk a lot more about, you know, that balance between text themes and assessments. Um, you know, when an assessment is a literary analysis, for me, that usually means that the novel will take a little bit more of center stage because we are doing the work of the literary analysis. So, you know, that's, that's just, that's kind of neither here nor there. That's stay tuned to curriculum rehab for more about that. Um, so the gateway activity I did was something that people might find a little bit surprising. I have heard about doing a Gatsby party since before I ever taught Gatsby. And I had oh, always, thought- I did a Gatsby party in 11th grade. Like when I read the great Gatsby in American literature, when I was in 11th grade, and we did it. And it was so fun. It's certainly not a new idea. And, I, and I'd heard about it. And I didn't teach 11th grade till much later, like until I was in my 11th year of teaching. I didn't get to juniors for a long time. I avoided them for a long time. And then <laughs> I was forced into teaching juniors. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe this is my chance to teach and have a Gatsby party. And so all of a sudden, I was, I was weighing the decision of doing a Gatsby party at the end of the unit, which is when we typically always had parties or using it as a gateway. And so I did my research and I played with my essential question and I thought this will be the perfect gateway. And so what I did with my Gatsby party was I used it as a way to introduce students to the time period, right? The era, the music, we decorated the room. And basically I set up like a fancy day of stations. It was, yeah, it was, it yeah. was a decorated day to do stations and the kids didn't really know any better. And so the idea of the party was that the, the students would visit these six different locations to engage in six different activities. So that's all you really need to know to recreate this. I mean, decorate and then have stations. So that's really what it was. And these were seated. They were seated at their tables and then the kids, you know, they moved from table to table to table to do the activities. And so the activities ranged from American dream type of things. There was a station where kids would look at the different varying book covers that had been used for the mm -hmm. great Gatsby over time. My other four stations were get to know you stations where they would get different quotes and clips from each of the characters and get to make inferences about their personalities based on what they've been provided. So they were kind of just guessing what's it going to be like when I finally get to meet Tom, you know, again, in person, you know, just a party conversation. That's it's just so a little fun. Clip. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was the idea there. So it was really, I think what was successful about that gateway activity is it was a blend of essential question things and prepping for the novel comprehension types of things because chapter one of Gatsby is kind of dull and boring and probably it's the worst super of dry. chapters. Yeah. yeah. So it was nice to kind of get that energy. Our energy was up. They were curious about this guy with strapping boots and this other guy with champagne stars and right. you know, this chick who was floating like a balloon. So it really piqued <laughs> that curiosity, but also got them thinking about the American dream, whose it was, whose it wasn't, who was involved, who wasn't. And so that was just really fun. So it's super versatile, easy for you to recreate. And I found it way more, I guess I never did it as a concluding activity, but I don't know. I, I at well, the end, we ended up doing a funeral. So that was a fun party too. 
Let me tell you what I can guarantee made that so successful. It was not the, uh, not just the like blend of activities that you did, did, but it was that you did activities. Like, because when you do it at the end, it just becomes a dress up like you're a flapper and then stand around and listen to music and maybe have food. Like it's a wah, wah, like it's cool, but there's nothing to it. What you did was you created a whole environment, a whole environment where they had to interact and they had to engage with things that, like you said, sparked interest and created intrigue and got them ready to then get into the most boring chapter ever written in the English language before it gets good, right? Like, yeah, yeah. like you, you took something that we know will work, dressing up, decorations, Something outside of the regular day-to-day classroom like behavior is so fun and intriguing and cool for kids. And then you made it work for you. You made it set the stage for learning instead of be like the end movie the day wah, kind wah. of a thing. Yeah. Yes. Like I kind of love it. I've done and I think that's because I've probably done plenty of want wah. Well, same, same. Things. We live and we learn. Yeah, absolutely. Or we live and we don't learn and we keep trying to do it. And you're like, and we go, God, why isn't this more fun? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm trying to, I try to remind myself like the end of every unit really is hard. Yeah. Everyone is tired. Everyone is ready to move on. And so I kind of use that energy of like the new unit to, to do with this. And also PS, when Marie and I ever talk about classroom transformations, I need everyone out there to know that there is never any kind of expectation to spend money on your classroom or do extravagant, lavish things. All I did for mine was I bought some sparkling grape juice because that was just fun for me. And I really wanted to, and (laughs) we had, I got the white butcher paper from the supply area. And I covered that as a tablecloth because we had desks at the time. Mm -hmm. So the desks were clumped together to make tables. So I just covered them. So it felt like a table and like a handful of other things. And like, if I ever bought anything, my, my thought process was, will I be able to use this again for a couple more years? And then it was like, okay, well, let's divide that by three years. Does this make sense? Is it an accessory that'll be worth it and fun? And, you know, and you can I store it? Yeah. It. yeah. Do I like, have no, cabinet no room? Pressure. Transformations don't need to be crazy. You can also like put a YouTube playlist on and call it a day. We do have a Classroom Transformations episode coming up in about a month and a half. Yeah, which I just looked at our notes on my screen and remembered that. And that is very exciting. Um, So yes, more on that to come, friends. I just, I I mean, I love the idea of a class party, right? But you have to have an activity, any sort of a party that's outside of like college, you do kind of need activities. And even still in college, the activity was imbibing. At least. But I would have also preferred a, a party with activities. I don't well, you like games. You start playing games. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, like there's yeah. people when we gather start doing activities. And so yeah. when we have a class party that doesn't have activities, that has been my downfall many, yes. many times. Like you yes. just get bored and you yes. just stare at each other for a while. Or they start misbehaving. Or they start misbehaving because they're (laughs) bored and they're sick of staring at each other. (laughs) Well, so, okay, let's talk about my gateway activity. And the reason that I'm saying this is my favorite is because it stems from one of my favorites. And actually, I was talking about stations before. I talk a lot about Shakespeare. I mean, if I had an overall absolute favorite, it's definitely my murder mystery party. But you've heard me talk about that here a lot, friends. So I have 
something that, like I told you, I'm going to be doing with my students next week as the second quarter starts, that I basically have taken my Shakespeare intro stations, but like I've got a few different levels of stations that I do for the beginning of a Shakespeare unit because Freshmen need different information to begin to begin a Romeo and Juliet. Sophomores need certain information for like Midsummer or Taming. These are just the ones that I've taught at these grade levels. Seniors need review. They don't need new information. They need to remember that they've learned these things before in ninth and or 10th grade, right? And so that's where like my stations are a little bit different. I'm not doing a whole lot of like life in the Elizabethan era for seniors, Unless it's something that like I'm really realizing they're not getting. So that said, I also just kind of personally need a little zhuzh in my teaching next week. It's been a weird start to the school year. If you like heard me talk about it a few episodes ago, we had this whole insane heat wave in San Diego. The beginning of our school year, the first like month was totally messed up. We had all of these random like heat half days because we had no air conditioning. It was 98 degrees in my classroom, blah, blah, blah. This is all to say that I don't feel like just doing my stations. Not that there's anything wrong with stations. You know that that uh, Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yes. However. Um, the stations are great, but I just want them to be a little bit more exciting, if you will. And so I'm taking the stations and I am turning them into – my first gut was to tell me to do a escape room. But then I was like, there's 40 kids. It already feels like an escape room or a room from which we all want to escape. (laughs) It's hot. The windows don't open in my classroom. There's just the door and then walls. So how about I flip this and make it kind of like a scavenger hunt, amazing race style activity. So what kids are going to do is they're going to have, I think I've narrowed it down to five different challenges. And those challenges are going to come from the skills that I need them to brush up on. Some of the skills I need them to brush up on are like the basics of iambic pentameter. I need them to look at the the rhyme scheme. I need them to look at the meter. Like I need them to remember the flow and the rhythm of Shakespeare's language. I need them to remember some of the nuances of the Shakespearean era of only men on the stage, right? Like those gender kind of questions that we're going to be grappling with because the plays that we're going into are going to be Hamlet and Macbeth. It's that unit that the, the, our, our monsters born or made unit that you all have heard me talk about ad nauseum. So like they're going to be doing activities with that. I'm going to be giving them just like a whole list of quotes from various Shakespeare plays that they have seen that they haven't seen to try and decipher the meaning with or without context kind of haven't decided. It depends on if it's a cold read or if it's Romeo and Juliet, probably no context other than just like character names. But if it's something from Julius Caesar, I'll give them a little bit of context and let them try to decipher the language. Some really common Shakespeare vocabulary will go in to these different challenges. And the challenges are going to be things like, like I said, like looking at quotes and determining the meaning of the quote in like contemporary English, going from early modern English to contemporary English. And then like all of those answers will be certain letters that go into a code in a Google form. And then the end of that Google form will give them another code. And then they'll have to take that secret word to like a friend of mine on campus who will give them a QR code. The QR code will take them to a video that they have to watch on sonnets. After that, they go to someone else and they get pop quiz questions about their knowledge of sonnets and Shakespeare. So, and basically, like they'll get little pieces of the puzzle a lot. And there's probably going to be an actual physical jigsaw puzzle 
And at the end, every group will have a portion of a code that unlocks a box that has a buttload of Halloween candy in it. Like that's love it. That's where we're going. Yes. So it's teamwork, it's organic collaboration, it's get out of the room and go around on campus and come back, right? Like, so I'm designing it so that it's movement. It's like all the things that we know they need. They've just had finals. So their bodies need a reset at school. They've been sitting a lot. Marie, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm actually going to ask you two questions. Please one do. is going to put you on the spot, but the other one, I will, I'll start with the, the softball first. Well, we'll just see How if I'm going to answer them. Huh? How do you feel about that? Maybe I'll just say no. Um, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I know somebody had reached out to me when I was prepping for, for these two PD sessions I just did and suggested trying goose chase for an activity. It's an oh, app. Yeah. I've never played goose chase, but it feels like that might be an interesting, I don't know how it works, but so listeners, if you've played or done yeah. using goose chase message, Marie at the caffeinated classroom, Thank you tell her that. how to use goose chase. Cause that might yes. be a fun way to corral your giant list of number of children. Well, it just might be a way that I don't have to make a ton of copies. Well, cause here's yeah. the, yeah, this, this, okay. I don't hate it. Thank you. Yes. My second question is maybe it'll put you on the spot and I apologize in advance, but in the past, have you done something specific for the essential question, the monsters born or made, or does that kind of just like get into your unit as you get into the plays. Oh no, that's one of, I just forgot to talk about it. That's I'm normally just curious because I love that question yes. so much. Um, what do you do for the question in stations? That's normally we'll look at a bunch of monsters because we've already done a villains unit in this course in the okay, first cool. quarter. So now we're, we're, we're switching gears. I'm glad you asked that because I didn't mention it. We're switching gears from villains into actually monsters. And yeah. so it's looking at what is a monster in the yeah, first yeah, place. Perfect. So that's, that's part Definition. of this. Yes. So I, it is one of my stations and I was kind of thinking of setting it up as something separate from this activity. But now that you're saying that, I think it needs to go into the activity itself. I think it could be successful separately too. I don't think that they have to go together. Well, because Shakespeare is such a unique text type in that it does take a lot of skill and background knowledge. It's not the same as Lame is where like, yes, understanding the nuances of French government and overthrowing the French government, restoring government and like all of that French history absolutely aid in the understanding of something like Lame is Shakespeare. If you don't understand the technicalities of his language and the poetry, you're going to have a really hard time. So, I mean, fair question. Well, but so I'm only, I'm also only like on this thread because at time of recording and but when you're listening, it'll be even closer, but at time of recording, we're coming up on Halloween and I'm mm-hmm. wondering if there are some fun monster stuff that you've already got like around your house and, you know, we've got movie trailers, we've got all kinds of monsters everywhere right now that I just seem to coincide very beautifully with the holiday. I think that the monsters are going to come in as we start getting into the plays more and more, but because this is the fun though. I know. Well, so in this thing, this gateway, and the reason I'm so wishy-washy and giving you all listeners a two thirds of the way done gateway is because the next day is the murder mystery party. So like that gets us into this whole idea of murder, revenge, monsters in that regard. So, but Amanda's raising good questions that I had not yet thought of in my frenzy to grade finals and come up with this activity at the same time. Okay. But again, like something with monsters can go 
at any point. Like, oh, ab- no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, yeah. As you know that, but yeah, I forgot about your mystery, your murder mystery party. I'm stoked. It's going to be a very active week for you next week. I need that. The kids need that. Like I, yeah. you know, the end of a, the end of a quarter, or the end of a semester, they're like doing projects or they're finishing a writing piece or they're prepping for a presentation. There's a lot of sitting and working. There's a lot of me just waiting for questions. Like I'm just being available and like grading and planning and stuff, but we need to get off our butts and we need to move around and we need to talk to each other in different ways. And I'm pumped for that. I'm, I'm using a lot of hand movements when I'm telling you all about this more than normal. I think the kids are ready. And I think our conversation, I hope listeners, you let us know. I hope just when we do this, that you're, I don't know, you feel like you're with us, that this is so raw, so organic, you know, we're just brainstorming and this is how the best ideas come to be. Yeah, And we shed things that don't work. We switch things around. Like there's no set, you know, procedure for any of this. We're just doing it as we go. Yeah. But like, we also don't want to always present you with the just like polished stuff that's already no. done and it's gone so well. Like, let's also talk about stuff in its creation as we are figuring it out. So gateway well, activities. Conclusion. Yes. Gateway activities are great. See you next week. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh open, it, open a gate. Here's the key. Hope you can get in. You know, and I I hope to, you know, as we kind of close out here that even if you're not teaching Shakespeare or Gatsby, the structure and the thought process of what we just discussed, you're thinking, okay, this would work perfect for this or for that or for this or for that. Um, And I think, you know, as you are weighing the background knowledge and the skill and the essential question, I mean, go crazy. Ask us questions if you have them. Um, We would love to see you. We always want to make sure that our listeners, no matter when you're joining us, whether today is the first time you've listened or you've been here since episode one, we want to continually invite you to check out Curriculum Rehab. Curriculum Rehab is a place where I talk about Gatsby specifically, and we talk more about how the gateway activity is a piece of a much, much larger puzzle. So there's no need to get weighed down or, you know, wonky about it being just right. You know, what we want to invite you to do is consider your curriculum from a much wider lens and looking at how things fit together. That's like, I feel like that's like the common thing we say, how does it fit together? How does it work Mm -hmm. together? How does the big picture serve our students? That's really what Marie and I care so much about because we've just seen how much of a transformation it's made in our students' lives as we take a better and more serious look at the big picture rather than constantly being on the treadmill of day to day to day to day to day to day. It helps us be more mindful and strategic and all of that. You know what I just realized too, to talk about mindful and strategic. I didn't even talk about like simple activities, like just a series of questions, right? Like that you could do is like speed dating and that kind of stuff. And yes, so the possibilities are quite endless. And we have a huge bank of them. It's one of the bonuses that we offer in Curriculum Rehab is a True. massive list of gateway activities. Um, so it's there. So if you are already uh, in Curriculum Rehab, you're one of our students, don't forget to go back and log in and check that list again if you haven't seen it in a long time because it's there. Yeah, absolutely. Friends, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for bearing with our thought processes because we get the feedback from you that it's helpful. So we're just going to keep doing it. Let us know if there is something that you want to hear about on the podcast by emailing us at gmail, uh, sorry, bravenewteaching at gmail.com, just, you know, at gmail or on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we hope you have a wonderful week at school and we will see you next time. 
Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school. 